Welcome to Soul Sugar. I'm your host, Carrie Rad. You might know me from my videos on YouTube. I love to chat about all things self-care, self-love, living our very best lives, and finding our inner magic. Soul Sugar is a community of blooming soul seekers, like sugar for your soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to an all-new episode of Soul Sugar Podcast. I am so excited about today's guest. I'm so fascinated by this. We have Dr. Marisa here on the line. She is the author of the recently released book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution, the field guide to women everywhere who are ready to achieve vitality and health with essential oils. She is regularly featured with top national media such as Dr. Oz, the Huffington Post, and Mind Body Green, where her interviews and segments have helped millions. She is also the host of Essentially You podcast, where she talks about all aspects of essential oils. I am so happy to have you here, Dr. Marisa. I am so grateful to be here. Thank you so much. I find it so fascinating how essential oils can be used in so many different ways. And I know I diffuse essential oil in my home, but that is pretty much the extent of what I know and how I use them. And so I'm so excited to talk with you and just hear about all of the other ways we could use essential oils, like balancing out our hormones and so much more. Oh, I'm so excited to have that conversation. Yeah, we can talk about all the things related to oils and how they can serve. Um, I mean, if you've got questions, girl, I've got answers. Yay. Okay. So first off, I want to know more about you and your journey. So tell me about your own journey and how you became so passionate about essential oils. Absolutely. So my journey didn't start with oils. My journey really started with hormones, and it's kind of been my area of expertise for over a decade. I found that a lot of women, including myself, didn't really understand what was going on with our bodies, didn't understand the warning signs and the symptoms that we were dealing with were actually hormonal imbalances. And so when I was 30 years old, I was in practice seeing patients. I was so excited, and I had I had raced my way to get into practice. You know, I went from school to work, to school to work. Like it was just, it was crazy. And I I had this very much survival mentality and this people pleasing mentality that really drove me into the ground. I was I was fueled by chronic stress and coffee. And I don't think it was peanut M, probably was kind bars back in the day, like whatever little something, something I could get through. But I just remember leveraging stress as my fuel. And I thought to myself back then that I was managing it. I was rocking my stress levels. I was living this crazy, crazy lie until, and I remember saying to myself, as long as I'm not crawling on the floor, I am killing it until I absolutely was. I was crawling on the floor. I had the worst chronic fatigue um, that I hope I will never have again. And I, I don't wish that kind of chronic fatigue on anybody. And I remember when I was kind of one in like the pinnacle of that moment when I woke up one of the days that after sleeping seven hours and it literally felt like this invisible hand was pressing me back into the bed. Like I remember thinking to myself, I don't know if I can get up. I don't know if I can take care of my patients. I don't know how I'm going to function today. And it was such a kind of a lonely, scary place. And initially I, I went to blame 
And I remember thinking like I had done this to myself, like this was all my fault. And going, I went to a doctor because I had a friend of mine who had recommended somebody. Because even as a practitioner, you should not probably self-diagnose. You should probably go and see somebody else, have them run labs and have a very different and unbiased opinion. And I remember going to the doctors and that particular practitioner, literally my labs basically said hormone hot mess. I'm pretty sure that's what they said on them. And I remember when she finally scripted me up to solve these problems, mainly this chronic stress that I was dealing with or this chronic fatigue, she recommended birth control and Xanax. That was the recommend, that was the script recommendation. And I remember feeling so not heard. I remember feeling the very big disconnect and knowing that this wasn't what was going to be the case. So I devoted a lot of my studies, a lot of my research to figuring out how to get myself well and realizing that so many other women were dealing with the same thing. Probably the biggest lesson there was that I was not unique, that there were millions of women dealing with the same thing that I was dealing with. Now, over the course of a couple of years, I got a lot of things right. I figured out a lot of things. I was managing my stress better. I was taking care of my lifestyle. I was doing more self-care, even at the time we weren't actually calling it self-care. It just felt like habits. But one of the things that I wasn't able to kick was that I was chronically sick all the time. We know that the that our, that our stress hormones are major immune system regulators. And when I threw off those stress hormones, one of the things that I just did not get back online was my immune system. And it was it was still kind of crumbled to the ground. So I was getting sick with strep throat, colds and flus pretty much consistently every month, if not every other month. And I couldn't kick it no matter how many nasty herbs and tinctures and vitamin I mean, all the vitamins, all the herbs, all the nasty drinks. I was drinking it. I was doing all of it. And yet I was still getting sick all the time. So a good friend of mine had an immune system blend and she had been using oils on her family for quite some time, probably about a year. And you know, it's one of my dearest friends. And she was just like, I am so sick and tired of hearing you're always sick. Like you're always sick all the time. She's like, I think I have a, a oil blend, an essential oil blend that can help you. You know, I want you to start using it. So she mailed it to me and I did because at this point, I was so desperate to not miss work. I was so desperate to feel better. I would have done anything. I would have drank more nasty, yucky stuff. And so I started using this blend. And let me tell you, I honestly had no idea what I was doing. I was just, I was slathering it all over myself. I was diffusing it. I was putting it in tea. I was putting it on the bottom of my feet. I mean, I was bathing in it literally in Epsom salt baths. And lo and behold, I did not get sick that entire entire winter for that three months when normally I would get sick at least three to four times. And not only that three months, but fast forward three and a half years later, I had not gotten sick in three and a half years. So that was the beginning of my essential oil journey, all kind of wrapped up in, you know, what had happened to me about two years prior. Wow. That is so cool. And I can totally relate to that feeling of almost just pushing yourself so far and feeling like, okay, well, as long as I'm pushing myself and, you know, I'm working hard and I'm passionate about what I'm doing and, you know, I have all these things to do, you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something right. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going for my goals. I'm working hard, but it, I feel like so many people can relate to the fact of like, you just push yourself to the point where you're just like, I cannot get out of bed. And I love the fact that you just kind of implemented that journey and that experience that you were having into your practice and into what you do. And you've created this awesome platform where you're sharing 
you know, more holistic and natural ways to go through this. And the fact that, you know, the first thing that was recommended to you was birth control and Xanax, that's, that's crazy to me, but it, it is true. And it's very, it's so common. It is so common. You know, we, so here's the thing and I can get into, it's a whole different soapbox and we're not going to have time for that today. You know, so often it's been thought in all the the hundreds of years that we've been, we've had modern medicine, we are quick to write off women's symptoms as being somatic, as being it's all in their head. And that's what it felt like to me that day that she ignored the burnout or not even that she ignored it, that she didn't have the skills. Maybe that's just not the skill set she had. Clearly, I had severe burnout. I had mitochondrial dysfunction. There were probably some other things going on. Um, And let me tell you, the solution was not an anti-anxiety medication or birth control. My menstrual cycle, although my PMS was not, not, I was not having a good time with that because it was having an impact because stress has a major impact on our menstrual cycle, mainly because of the pregnenolone steel, which literally steals progesterone um, and makes PMS significantly worse. And I didn't know that at the time because even myself, I hadn't had a a ton, uh, you know, a breadth of the physiological hormone information. And so I was so grateful that this happened to me in a way because I got to dig, dig into the nitty gritty. But let me tell you, birth control doesn't manage any of that. Doesn't manage menstrual cycles, doesn't manage acne. It doesn't, only thing that birth control is good for is ensuring that you don't get pregnant. And there are a lot of other ways to ensure that you don't get pregnant outside of hormonal birth control. So I'm not a big fan of birth control. I'm so grateful that we have it, but the the side effects and the um, implications for something like a synthetic drug like that is just, it's just, it can be so great for so many people. Um, I just interviewed a woman yesterday on my podcast, Dr. Sarah Hill, and her book, she has a new book coming out called um, basically what the pill does to our brain. And it was frightening. It was a frightening interview. And so the fact that this woman's giving me these two medications she, it, I just felt so brushed off. I felt, I felt ignored. I felt brushed off. And I felt like so many other millions of women who've walked out of a doctor's office, except that at least I felt like I knew enough that it was not the right move, whereas so many women don't. And that is why it's been my, my mission, my crusade, what, whatever you want to call it, to put the information out there so that we can make educated decisions about our health and wellness. One of the reasons why I love essential oils is that so much of our healing can really happen at home. It's lifestyle. And leveraging powerful plant-based medicine, to me, is such a beautiful way to truly heal the body. And you know, we were just in Europe five, five weeks ago, back in the month of May and June, and we had our 20 plus oils on us. And let me tell you, everything came up from headaches to kink necks to, to grouchy moments, to bug bites, to sunburns. I mean, all of it, right? And we, not one time did we go to a pharmacy. Not one time did that, was that necessary? We had oils for all of those, those emergencies. And then they're not big emergencies, they're little things, but those little things happen every single day. And if we can use a natural option for those types of little things, then I think that we are one step closer to really just being more mindful about using a natural approach to heal our body. Absolutely. Can you share with me some of your favorite essential oil recipes? And also with that, I'm like dying to know because this is this is probably my biggest question surrounding what you do. And I'm 
I'm curious about how exactly do you recommend people use these oils? Are you talking about diffusing them? Are you using them as a topical treatment or are you consuming them or is it all three? It is all three depending on the situation. The great thing about it is for all the hundreds of oils that are out there, because there's probably about 200 essential oils out there if not more, The great thing about it is there only is three ways to use them. Now, one thing that's super important to note that no matter which way you use them, whether it's topical, it's inhalation through aromatic, or it's even internal, and we'll talk about the caution around internal in just a moment, but each each of those ways is systemic. Every single way you use those oils, they are systemic. So if you're using them aromatically, they are in the bloodstream in 60 seconds upon breathing them in. Like that's how fast. And we're talking about millions of molecules, right? So if if someone doesn't feel comfortable using them topical or internal, best believe you are going to get some serious benefit by just simply breathing them in. Um, and so it just really depends. So when I think about breathing oils in, let's just take the easiest way to use an oil. It's literally uncapping it and holding it to your nose and breathing it in. That's called direct inhalation. And you could have an indirect inhalation is through a diffuser. And there's a couple different ways. Like you can wear a diffuser jewelry. You can wear it on your scarf. You can, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to have indirect inhalation. At the end of the day, it's also going into the brain. It's also going to the lungs. It's going into the bloodstream. But the reasons why I recommend aromatic usage, one, it's easy. But two, most of the time, at least the people that I'm working with are dealing with emotional upheaval. They're dealing with cognitive concerns like brain fog. They're dealing with stress. They're dealing with cravings. You know, I work with women. They're dealing with um, a lack of energy. They're feeling fatigued. And they're dealing with an inability to go to sleep at night. And by breathing oils in, it's got to be, you know, a specific combination. And, and the beautiful thing is, is oils are adaptive. So a lot of the oils do very similar things. Like, you know, if you want to use lavender, it's going to calm you down. It's great for stress. It's great for sleep. But also as clary sage is the same, has very similar chemical constituents to lavender. And so, you know, you don't have to have the exact recipe. You can kind of play with it and figure it out. And that's what my book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution does, is it gives you the reason why I have so many recipes in there is I really wanted to demonstrate to people the here's 15 different sleep blends you don't have to have the exact sleep recipe right um so that's why i love aromatic for me my emotional well-being my emotional status how i'm feeling every day how i want to feel i think that with essential oils you can literally choose your mood you want to feel this kind of way here's this oil you want to feel you want to feel happy citruses and mints you want to feel you want to calm things down and and feel more ease and grace jasmine lavender clary sage right you want to feel more grounded sandalwood cedarwood you know you you could figure out and, and kind of choose how you want to feel so then there's that's aromatic that's inhalation but topical you know as a practitioner that was the first way that i recommended oils because i was treating conditions So oil, putting oils on the body, it's literally treating the area of concern. You've got a stomach ache, put them on your tummy. You got, you got asthma, you've got respiratory issues, put them on your lungs. You've got a headache, put them on, put them on the area where your headache is. Attention headache on the temples. Maybe it's a cervicogenic headache or a migraine headache. It's going to be on the back of the neck, right? So it's really being specific. What I don't want people to do is if they've got a tummy ache to put the oils on their shin, you know, because it's not going to get to the area of concern very fast. It They'll probably get there at some point. But if you want to treat a tummy ache or you want to treat, like, let's say you're working on acid reflux, you want to put oils on the 
you kind of that upper area near the um, rib cage because that's where the esophageal area is. So that makes sense? Yes. And it's so fascinating. Yeah. I know I said that at the beginning, but I just find it so cool because I, I love essential oils and I use them. I just diffused lemongrass last night Ooh. because lemongrass makes me feel kind of zen out, but also energized at the same mm. time. And it's an um, emotional release oil. It's great for oh, emotional yeah. release. It's, but it's very zen. I love it. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love, I, I love lemongrass with lavender, and I love it with bergamot. I, I like to mix lavender or um, lemongrass in with some other oils. Yeah, I bet it would be lovely with lavender. I, I like lavender too in the bedroom mm-hmm. when I'm getting ready to go to sleep. I love lemongrass like in the living room when I'm like winding down, reading a book, and I, I just diffused. Uh, lemongrass last night when my fiance and I were reading and we both felt we were like this feels like a spa it smells like a spa um it was really nice so just hearing about you know being able to implement that in so many different ways and really thinking about you know I always think about essential oils in a way where I'm like I really like this scent and I think that that's a really nice way to look at it but it's also so cool that each and every scent can do something specific to your mood and your energy and just like some emotional release like you said with lemongrass I find that um, it makes a lot of sense though too because lemongrass does make me feel that way. Mm. I have another question for you and it is how do women know if their bodies are out of balance. Mm-hmm. Are there signs? Do we only know if we go to the doctor? Is there something that you can kind of pinpoint to to know, you know, okay, I, I'm out of balance here. I need to get this in check. Absolutely. Well, I think it's important to just kind of give a little bit of a, a kind of context or background and explain a little bit about what hormones are. I don't think we realize how important they play a role in the body. Hormones really dictate so much in the body. They're inextricably connected to our neurotransmitters. Some of them are both, right? Both neurotransmitter and hormones. Um, and they're inextricably connected to emotional ligands because emotions, are molecules. It's so crazy to think about that, but girl, that's the way it is inside of the body, right? And so they're all interconnected. And and mind you, hormones are helping. Do you think about what hormones do? They're regulating the immune system. They're regulating the metabolism. They're regulating your body temperature. They're regulating cognitive function, emotional well-being. They're regulating growth, reproduction, digestion. I mean, insulin regulation. All of these things are so, so critical. So critical. Um, Blood pressure, right? And these are some of these things are vital signs, or some of these things are absolutely necessary for us to function every single day, every single second of the day. And so, what I what we've learned, kind of simplify it, when when whatever and whatever type of stressor is coming in, right? There's some major root causes that create dysfunction inside of the body. Root causes like hidden infections, root causes like environmental um, toxins, um, root root causes like trauma and chronic stress, perceived chronic stress, right? You running around like a chicken with your head cut off everywhere from one thing to the next. I call it rushing women syndrome, right? You get rushing people syndrome, but let's be honest, women, we are handling a lot of tasks. Think of us having like a thousand arms at once and just dipping into all the things, right? And that that creates stress in the system. And then, the, you know, and then we've, then there's the, the last big root cause is nutrient deficiencies due to maybe gut issues, either a leaky gut or gut dysbiosis, depending. And here's the deal is your hormones are trying to mitigate all of this as all of these things are coming in. And they are the first ones to throw up the white flag. They're the ones who are like, uh, um, hello, something isn't right here. We got a problem. <laughs> and so how that looks 
Um, some of the major concerns that we see, or at least I see and definitely have experienced myself, brain fog, fatigue, especially fatigue in the morning or fatigue in the afternoon, feeling wired and tired at night, having mental chatter before going to bed, um, PMS, serious PMS. We've normalized PMS, um, premenstrual um, cycle, but you know what? PMS is not normal. It isn't. We're not supposed to be in that much pain. We're not supposed to be having you know, that much upheaval as we're heading into our menstrual cycle. So if PMS symptoms are pretty crazy, um, weight resistance is a big one too. All of a sudden, for no reason, you're just holding on to weight and you can't let it go no matter how many spin classes you go to and how many celery juices you drink. It's just nothing's budging, right? Those are big ones. Low libido, um, skin issues, hair loss or brittle, you know, um, Brittle skin, maybe it's temperature deregulation, like you're just running cold. Um, maybe it's a sluggish digestive system, chronic constipation. All of these things are a signal that your hormones are off. I'm just like, yes, that might be me. That might be me. Because I think that it's like, it's good to focus on these things and recognize when there is an issue. I notice on your Instagram that you talk a lot about thyroid imbalance mm -hmm. and adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. And First off, can you break this down for us? Mm -hmm. Like what is a thyroid and what are adrenal glands? And also the second part of my question is how does someone know if their thyroid specifically is out of balance or if, if their adrenal is fatigued? Absolutely. Such a great question. So those two endocrine glands – because they're glands, kind of so adrenal glands and the thyroid gland, the parathyroid gland, um, even the pancreas is lots of different. I mean, it, the pancreas is not an endocrine gland, but the testes and the ovaries are, are glands as well. So here's how it works your, your brain is receiving messages, it's inside the limbic system. And this limbic system is housing the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland. Now, the hypothalamus is like Houston for NASA it's receiving signals, it's sending signals, and it's sending signals to the pituitary gland. Now, the pituitary gland is what we call the, the master hormone um, master gland. So we've got Houston control, and then we've got the master gland. It sends signals. It sends. It actually sends its own hormones out, and it, it's and it sends basically hormones that tell the thyroid. So that one would be thyroid stimulating hormone. Um, or for the adrenals, it's going to be um, it's going to be an basically a hormone that's telling your adrenals to release epinephrine, norepinephrine, or cortisol. Now, epinephrine and, and norepinephrine are let's say you just got into a car accident. That's adrenaline. Those those two and cortisol is more for prolonged stress. So it kicks in maybe ten minutes or twenty minutes later, and it can stay around for even longer to help regulate insulin, regulate metabolism, regulate the thyroid, and regulate the immune system, depending on what. So cortisol has a, some major jobs it's got to do. It's not a bad hormone, but it can absolutely be overused, not specifically because the adrenals are doing anything. It's because you're sending messages or your body sending messages to the hypothalamus and to the limbic system. And it, it's all what we call a negative feedback loop. So there's, you know, a hypothalamus pituitary adre adrenal feedback loop, and then there's a hypothalamus pituitary thyroid feedback loop. And the cool thing about it is that they're all interconnected as well. Because if indeed your body is sending you a signal or your, your adrenals a signal, and then your adrenals release cortisol to get your entire body ready for fight or flight, 
let's say there's a tiger behind you or a, a scary stranger behind you, you're going to need to leverage um, your metabolism to either fight or run. And so your thyroid kicks back into that. So oftentimes when we see that women are, or people in general are dealing with a thyroid issue, 75% of people who are dealing with a thyroid issue are women. We are, we know that most likely the adrenals are involved and it's not so much the adrenals because they're just, they're just the messenger. They're not necessarily the cause. It's, it's really the chronic stress. That's the cause. It's just that your adrenals are involved in that process. What I always tell people is if you've got a thyroid issue, you most likely have a chronic stress issue as well. Call it an adrenal issue. It's technically not the adrenals. The adrenals again are just the middleman, but if you, so that's oftentimes the case because cortisol and your thyroid hormones, T4 and T3 are extremely integrated together. So just note that, that Cortisol is important for the conversion of T4 to T3. So T4 is a thyroid hormone that's inactive. It's mostly converted in the liver. And then to your active T3, which is your thyroid hormone, which has receptor sites on every single cell in the body. And that's why the thyroid is so important. It's literally, it's literally your metabolism. It's the gas pedal. So it controls metabolism. It controls body temperature. It controls digestive function. You know, and so when your if your thyroid isn't working for whatever reason, and there's a couple different root causes that could be that, just note that if we're not also addressing the chronic stress concern, then we're not actually addressing the whole kit and caboodle. That's just understanding the relationship. How do we know that the thyroid isn't functioning? Well, it's super important to know that it usually takes four to seven years on average for a woman to actually get an official thyroid diagnosis, which is heartbreaking. Um, and it's because we have normalized so many of these symptoms, but keep clear symptoms of thyroid dysfunction, particularly hypothyroid, and I can talk about hyperthyroid as well, but hypothyroid is, a, you've got chronic constipation, right? Because your digestive system has slowed down so much that peristalsis has slowed down. You are cold. So if you find yourself wearing socks to bed every night, or you are always have a jacket no matter where you go, something to look into. Hair is brittle or it's falling out. Um, low libido feeling fatigued, feeling stressed, weight resistance. So for some reason, you can't lose weight to save your life for some reason. Um, and then dry skin and cracked heels. And lastly, brain fog. Brain fog is a big indicator for low thyroid function. High thyroid function is the antithesis. It's, it's, closer, like potentially Graves disease, where you are losing weight rapidly, you're very, very anxious, and you're sweating all the time, and your skin, it's, it's kind of, it's always sweaty. It's always kind of greasy, sweaty. So that would be, that would be the opposite of hypothyroid. Hyperthyroid isn't as typical. Most of the time with women, we see hypothyroid. Let's take a quick break from this conversation to hear a word from our sponsor, Simple Habit. I've been doing a ton of travel lately. If you've been following my Instagram stories, you've probably seen that I've kind of been everywhere and I have been trying to keep up with work and also check marking the task list for the wedding planning stuff as well. And it can all lumped up together be a bit stressful. And all while trying to do all of those things, I'm trying my best to stay balanced, calm, relaxed and present in my every single day and one of the best ways I can center myself 
is to meditate. Simple Habit is a meditation app that has options to do shorter meditations for busy people. Meditations that can be done in five minutes. I talk a lot about the best morning habits to help you be present throughout your day and I highly recommend Simple Habit. Not only is it going to help you meditate, but because it has meditations where you don't have to just sit down in lotus position with your eyes closed and absolutely no sound in the room. You can do it in your normal daily life while you're driving or doing the dishes or walking through the city. It just feels a lot more doable to me, which makes it so you'll actually do it. You can also set reminders from the app to tell you that it is time to meditate, which is something I've been loving about the app the most because there are many times where I wake up in the morning and I have coffee with Alex outside and we start chatting and then we start having breakfast and then we might talk about doing a workout, we might start doing a workout and then by the end of the morning, I have skipped meditation and I just love meditating in the morning so when I skip out on it it is so apparent to me throughout my day that I skipped it so with the reminder I am making sure that I take that five minutes to be more mindful to help me be more present throughout the day Simple habit is just a more tangible way to make sure that you are implementing meditation into your routine. I got you guys 30% off of a premium subscription for the first 50 listeners. So definitely go as soon as you can and redeem this offer because it's only for the first 50 people. You will go to simplehabit.com slash soul sugar to receive 30% off a premium subscription for the first 50 listeners. So that's simplehabit.com slash soul sugar to receive 30% off the premium subscription. That's simplehabit.com slash soul sugar go now because there's only 50 of you that can get it go 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 let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor third love i am currently wearing the most comfortable bra and i got it from third love i took the quiz that they provide on thirdlove.com and it asked me all sorts of questions like my cup size and how my current bra fits me the process was so seamless you guys and they asked me all of the right questions to make sure that i got a bra that fits me like a glove third love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their fit finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel I personally don't wear bras often because I have always found them to be too tight or uncomfortable in some way. But this third love bra, I cannot even tell you. It just fits so nicely. The nice thing is that I can find my size online and I don't have to go through an awkward fitting room experience. I buy everything else online. So finding a bra that's great online is fantastic. We don't think about how the actual shape of our breasts matter when it comes to finding the right style of bra, but it does. So when Third Love asked me in the quiz the shape of my breasts, I found that really helpful in finding a style that's the perfect fit. Third Love offers more than 70 different sizes, including their signature half cup sizes, which makes 
so much sense because there are so many different breast shapes in the world. There should be a lot of different options. So guys, this hands down is the most comfortable bra you will own. It takes less than a minute to fill out the online quiz and you'll have your bra so quickly at your door. I was in complete shock how fast it came to my house. You guys know that I hooked you up. Third Love knows that there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash soulsugarnow to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash soulsugar for 15% off today. Now let's get back into the conversation. You know what's so interesting about it is that it all kind of stems from and relates back to stress. Yeah, girl, it's all. It's all stress. It's what gets us in trouble. I always tell people it is you may have you may have some smolders in there. You may have something smoldering. What's called what's called that the inflammation fire. But you want to know what the gasoline is? It's stress. Stress is the gasoline. And so if you, it may not be that now could stress alone cause your thyroid to create dysfunction? Yes, absolutely. It's not always the case though. Usually it's a, it's a trifecta or it's multiple things. Usually it's, it's a combination. And you have to think about all of these root causes as stressors in their own right. Your thyroid is such, so delicate and it is such, it's kind of like a, it's a receptor for toxic load basically. So if you've got toxins in the body, best believe your thyroid's going to take a hit from that. So it could be a, a stressor of toxicity. It could be a lack of nutrients. Maybe you don't have the right nutrients to fuel your thyroid. It could be a sluggish liver. It could be gut dysbiosis. And then also it could be an autoimmunity, which all those root causes that I just mentioned could also trigger an autoimmunity as well. So, but then you've got the stress piece too, which is also a major root cause. Maybe there's lingering unresolved trauma that could lead to it as well. And this is what's so heartbreaking about, about treating the thyroid or about treating hormones. You know, hormone hormone therapy, thyroid therapy, it's all a big business. Let's just call it what it is. And what 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 ends up happening is you finally you yell at your doctors enough, you shout at your doctors enough, you advocate for yourself enough, something isn't right, something isn't right, and finally a doctor finally say, "Okay, well let's look." And hopefully they run the right labs. And hopefully they're their room, this is all the things that go wrong in the process. Hopefully that because oftentimes doctors are just looking at the thyroid stimulating hormone. And the thing about the thyroid stimulating hormone is it's not a thyroid hormone. It is a pituitary hormone designed to stimulate the thyroid. It's a terrible indicator for th- dysfunction. Only only time that the t- that your thyroid stimulating hormone is going to really start to whack out is way down line. Like you've had hypothyroid for seven years. Then your, t- your thyroid stimulating hormone is going to start to show up in a bad space. But also our normal values for where the thyroid stimulating hormone lands is too large. It needs to be far more narrow. So you may have hypothyroid, but in terms of your conventional doctor, they're like, oh, you're in normal range. You're totally fine. And yet your hair is falling out and you can't go to the bathroom and you're putting on weight and you know something isn't right. But they're just like, yeah, but yeah. Your, your labs are fine. You look great. Go home and maybe take some Xanax. It's- 
such a shame how much you have Fight to for you. Yeah. be an advocate advocate for yourself and for your own health. I know for me, when I went in recently to do a pap smear, she did a breast exam as well. And there was a lump that has been a concern of mine for a long time. It's been checked before, but I wanted to get it checked again. And to get a referral to go to see somebody who would give me a ultrasound or mammogram was just so difficult. I almost had to beg her to get me to go. And then when I went in, they wanted to do a mammogram and they wanted to do an ultrasound, but it was so difficult to just get her to, to refer me or to look into it further or, and it, and this is a conversation I had with somebody on a podcast prior, um, Megan Tonjes. It's just like, why do we have to fight for it? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's just so confusing to that you have to, you know, really like sit there and and kind of like just beg them to to look further. And I'm sure this is not like the norm in the grand scheme of things. I mean, I'm not saying that every single doctor is this way, but it is very reoccurring when visiting doctors between me and and just people that I talk to. Absolutely. No, absolutely. You know, there's a book that I that I love that really kind of goes into the nuts and bolts of this. And it's it's really alarming. You know, we just haven't focused a lot on women's health in general. It's kind of been this thing where we just keep putting it to the wayside. I'm like, you realize it's half the population. <laughs> like maybe we should focus on yeah. women. I had um e- I had interviewed a woman. She her name's Maya Dunesenberry, and she had written a book. And it's a book that I absolutely love. And it was called The Truth About How Bad Medicine Leave Women Dismissed, Misdiagnosed, and Sick. And this has been going on for centuries, you know, and and it's only it was only in the 19, like 1994, Congress mandated that we had to study women's bodies for medical diagnostic research, treatment research, and drug research. Until the night till 1994, it wasn't even mandated. And so it wasn't done. That is insane. Mm-hmm. And then in that the last so 20 years or so, crazy. even though now it's mandated, nothing's really changed that much. You would think it would be such a primary focus. You know, women reproduce, you know, like it's just women are the reason why, why we're here. <laughs> you know yeah. yeah and it's just so bizarre to me that it's not a focus but on another note speaking of women and how important it is to focus on their health and understand it one of my questions for you was do essential oil recipes work the same for men as they do for women or do you do you um, recommend different recipes when you um, when you deal with men in essential oils? No, they absolutely. My husband and uh, lots of other husbands, and 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 not that guys don't use oils on their own. I'm sure that they do. Um, I just think of you know all the all the ladies that I've supported. Their husbands use so many oils. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, my husband's got his own. My husband has his own piles. You know, his favorite stuff. Yeah. But the same oils we use for sleep, for energy, for mental focus, for um, for concentration, for you know, overcoming brain fog, for cravings. I mean, a lot of the same recipes for same people. Um, you know, men like for instance, one of the things that I find guys have a lot more of than girls do is like ingrown hairs and just stuff that comes up on their like guys just have stuff, you know, on their skin and on their toes. Yeah. So like It fixes both women and men, but like my husband uses a lot more tea tree oil than I do, right? A lot more oregano oil than I do. You know, if he's got like, or if he got a cut from shaving, you know, lavender and melaleuca or lavender and frankincense. So there's oils that probably my husband uses more of than I do just because he's a guy. 
you know, uses guy's stuff. And that's probably why he's so into it because he has you like leading him through the process. I know my fiance like now loves skincare and also really likes when we diffuse essential oils and he like perks up his interest because he's like, okay, well, this is cool. There's like this whole world of like relaxation and taking care of ourselves that they like he never really thought about until we got together so i'm sure your husband's like i've got the queen of essential oils <laughs> well here. it's so funny my husband's mom was this energy healer and she was using oils on him he, i didn't even know about essential oils so he grew up with them mind you when he was in college and after college he wasn't using them but he did have a couple when i met him and so yeah he grew up with them whereas i i grew up on nasty you know, do you remember the, I don't know if you remember the Tylenol, like the orange Tylenol syrup. I remember like that oh, was my absolutely. thing. So where Alex was growing yeah. up on eucalyptus and, and, um, and clove oil and oregano oil and tea tree oil, I was growing up on that, that orange syrup. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he's got the yeah. inside scoop of it all. That's cool. I love that. So I have two more questions for you that I'm dying to know. First off, energy for me recently has been my biggest – it's – you know, I've definitely learned to relax. I know how to relax. I'm not a ball of stress anymore. And I think that that's why I do what I do these days is that's why I love focusing on self-care and ways to unwind and ways to connect with nature and ways to just release the stress as much as possible. Because I did get to that same point as you where I was just like, I can't be this stressed anymore. It's not good for my health and I hate it. For me, the hardest thing lately has been dealing with energy. I have been so much more tired than usual. I know that I have a lot of travel plans coming up. There's a lot of deadlines and I can just feel the stress kind of creeping up that primarily just like pinpoints on my energy to where I am kind of like getting up out of bed thinking about, okay, I have so much on my plate. Like what would you what would you recommend for an energy? Because yeah, when I get stressed about all the things I need to do, it directly focuses and affects my energy. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. So the ultimate instant energy blend that I have used on probably a million women with great success is just two essential oils. And I usually do, um, I have it in a roller. I usually do 10 drops of each in a 10 mil roller, top it off with jojoba oil or grapeseed oil or fraction of coconut oil, whatever, whatever you love. Um, and if you really need to up the dose on that, take it to 15 each, you can absolutely do that. You just got to play with what feels good to you. And it's just wild orange or tangerine or grapefruit. Personally, I love wild orange. I like a sweet orange because it's, it's so energy. It's, it's literally like a liquid energy bunny. It's literally wild oranges to me. And then peppermint. Because peppermint not only oxygenates the lungs, but it brings oxygen to the brain, which helps to boost mitochondrial function. And what's so great about citruses is they are powerful, happy neurotransmitter boosters. They're just not only great energy boosters, but also happiness boosters. And I just take a roller of that. It's like, I call it my instant energy blend. I roll it over my palms, rub my palms together because might as well get a little on my wrist and everything. And then just take um, five deep conscious belly breaths and let those oils go in. And let me tell you, you will go from zombie to superstar in like five seconds. Oh, and it's so easy. That. It's just two oils. Yeah. You know, and um, I do normally recommend yeah. dilution, you know, 
that's it's that way it's already ready and it's in a roller and it's super easy and you just take it with you on the go but i use i mean that's the blend that i use to wake up in the morning i it's literally by my bedside it's it goes to me the to the gym it we we did today's gym workout was triceps chest and abs and I was just not in the mood. I didn't want to go. And, you know, because we had to go at seven in the morning. And, you know, that little blend is just right there on the kitchen counter every day. We have several of them. We Each, each of us have our own, you know, because they're so inexpensive. It probably costs us like $3 to make one, you know. So we have multiples around the house. That way, you know, it's never out of sight and it's never out of mind. I'm totally going to use that. And I'm sure my listeners, I mean, I feel like energy is such a common thing that we all deal with just because, you know, we're all just so busy going, going, going in this day and age and in this society. So I think it's so cool to know just how to get like a little perk up in the morning that is not just always depending on coffee, like an essential oil to just uh, breathe in and feel that energy. I'm excited Mm -hmm. to try that out. So thank you for that. In your experience, this is my last question for you. What do you think the biggest block around self-care? is for women like what do you think holds back women because I know a lot of people this day and age are becoming so much more curious about self-care which is so awesome and so many people are practicing self-care but I know that there is like a group of women because I hear from them all the time I get them in the comments of my YouTube videos I get them in the DM on my Instagram where they're just like I just don't know how to begin. I don't know. Something's like blocking me from diving into this. And what do you think that oh, that is? I absolutely is? know what that is. What that is, is worthiness. We don't think we deserve it. We we hold a lot of shame and a lot of blame for why we're struggling. And that's what society has always told us. And th- I think that first step, I always tell people the first two steps to, to healing is one, self-awareness you know, kind of figuring out what's going on with your body because you could run on fumes forever and not even know it. I lived that world. And then that next one is is really just recognizing that you matter, that you deserve to heal, that you deserve to prioritize yourself. And that's all about worthiness. And I think that we have, you know, from whatever we grew up with, whatever someone may have told us, that that's the biggest struggle. And once we can get to a place where we know that we deserve it, then we make time for it. We honor it. We cherish it. And that would be the biggest thing. I know for me, that was it. You know, when I was in that first start of that healing journey, when I was dealing with my chronic fatigue, I kept, I was, I felt like I was doing a lot of the right things. I was like following the protocols, you know, and, but I kept landing myself right back where I started. And that's because I wasn't honoring myself enough. I was still saying yes to things. I was still signing up for obligations. I was still, you know, I, you know, I still had lots of toxic stuff going on in my world. And once I got really clear on, I need to honor, I need to honor my time. I need to honor what matters to me, honor my body and that I deserve this. It all shifted. I love that you mentioned that. And I think that that is such an excellent takeaway from this podcast episode is just thinking about ways to bring up your self-love and to work on that and to just come to realization that we are all worth it. We are all deserving of feeling good. And I think that that is such an excellent point. And it does make so much sense because when we don't feel like we deserve it, because some people have this mentality where they think, oh, is, you know, is this self-care and this self-love taking time for ourselves? Is this selfish? I have so much to do. A lot of my listeners have kids and they have families and they're just like, I just don't have time 
time to take care of me. But there's always time to devote to yourself and it will help you give back to other people so much easier and in so much more abundance. So I absolutely love that you said that because it is seriously the truth. It is the bottom line of why someone would be or feel blocked from yeah, being able to take care of themselves. It's a like disempowering that belief themselves. block. It's a limiting belief block. It's but it's a block that it's so that we've been taught to have. And it's uncovering that block that's gonna be the big win. You know, it's it's really about, you know, you know, writing down that I'm I'm deserving. I'm I deserve love. I deserve healing. I deserve, you know, I deserve to prioritize myself. You know, so often women are like, oh, absolutely not. Like I need to take care of everyone else first. Like I'm on the back burner. And, you know, recognizing that in order for us to really show up big in the world, we've got to take time for ourselves, you know, and that's the big piece. And one of my favorite quotes by Maya Angelo is if I don't take if I don't, if I'm not good to myself, how is anyone else going to be good to me? And that's really what it is, is you got to love yourself for all that love to come into the world, come into your into your world, into your sphere. I love that and believe it wholeheartedly. All right. Now it is time for our soul sugar moment. I'm going to have Dr. Marisa Snyder lead us through it. Thank so you. please take it away. I just wanted to share in, our, in the soul sugar moment that if you haven't learned, self-care is not selfish. It is not self-indulgence, but rather care. I think that we should all consider self-care as a non-negotiable. And that first step is just asking yourself every single day, what can I do to fuel my own happiness? And I love that question. Thank you for being here today and just spilling all of your knowledge. I learned so much today. And if you could please let my listeners know where they can Perfect. find you. Okay, I, awesome. right now, you guys can find yeah. me um, on my podcast. It's called the Essentially You Podcast, and it's dedicated to women's hormone health with all the, the biggest experts out there. Um, we cover topics from PCOS to endometriosis and everything in between. Um, you can find uh, the book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. And then my website is um, drmarisa.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Marisa. And I am definitely going to make that energy essential oil contraption and utilize that in my life. <laughs> so thank you Perfect. for that insight. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. While you're waiting for our next episode, come chat with us over on the Instagram. It's at Soul Sugar Co. That's at S-O-U-L-S-U-G-A-R-C-O. We give you a daily dose of inspiration over there. Also, it is the best place for us to communicate together. And I love hearing feedback and advice from you guys over there as well. So definitely come on over and let's be friends there.